The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome back to Wellness Inc. I'm Dr. Mike Moreno, taking a deep dive into all things wellness after over 25 years of practicing medicine. I'm fascinated with anything and everything that can help you feel better, live healthier, and become the best you possible. I'll be interviewing the most cutting edge experts in the field of wellness and exploring new innovative technologies to help you live your best life. At the end of each episode, I'll give you my weekly RX, my top tips for you to use right away. Remember to subscribe for free, rate and review my podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Today, I wanna help you figure out exactly what we mean when we say it's important to practice self-care. And to do that, I wanna bring in an expert who specializes in this very thing. She's a counseling psychologist with over 20 years of clinical experience and a thriving practice in New York City. She's also a corporate consultant and speaker in the area of mental health and wellness in the workplace. She's been an expert on countless television shows, including the Tamron Hall Show, the Today Show, Good Morning America, you name it, so many others. She's known to both her patients and national TV audiences as Dr. Debbie. Excited to have you today, Dr. Debbie Maggots. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Why don't we start by saying what is self-care? Take us through that. Let's start with the basics. Yeah, you know, if you read any article and and you talk to people, they'll put into self-care activities like I'm going to meditate, I'm going to work out, I'm going to eat well. Um, and all of those are self-care or people would go get a massage or people would go get their nails done or, you know, whatever it is that makes you feel good in your body and good about yourself. And what has happened, um, especially during these times, especially during COVID, a lot of the things that we had in place under our bucket of self-care got taken away. All of a sudden, we're at home and we can't go do the normal things that we would normally do. So that's one definition. My definition when I hear self-care is- Here it comes, here it comes. Here it comes, here it comes, and I'm going to help everybody. Ah, Um, here it is. I am always honed in on emotional self-care. And I feel like it's never the thing that's focused on. And emotional self-care is the thing that can stop you from being motivated to do all the other self-care things that people want to do, right? You get on an exercise routine, you give it up. You get on a good eating plan, you give it up. You And, and you don't pay attention to the mental health part of you, which is the emotions and self-awareness and the things that I am so good at doing to help people then do their self-care. So I want to be clear. Yes. So this is sort of like a foundation, Is that fair to say? Uh, In other words, if you're going to build a structure, you need a good foundation. If you're going to do these other things, you need that emotional foundation in order to, you know, build a house, whatever we're going to do. I love that you said that. I use that analogy all the time. And, you know, if people don't get in touch with their emotions, 
their whole house breaks down, right? And right. This isn't the topic, but when people talk about anxiety or depression, those are not those are not feelings. Those are symptoms that you're not letting yourself feel. And when someone is anxious and someone's depressed, then everything else goes out the window. Yep. And everybody's feeling it right now. Let's face it for, I mean, a year ago, would we have ever imagined this was going to happen? I mean, I don't know. I've been in medicine 25-ish years now. And, uh, you know, I thought I'd seen it all. And wow, a big punch in the face is what we all got. Uh, reset button, whatever you want to call it. So, you know, a lot of people, okay. So I was the kid, Mm -hmm. I was Catholic kid, seven kids. I was the kid in church with my mom every Sunday when they would say, okay, it's time to pray. I struggled, right? I might have one eye open. I'm looking around at the family next to me, you know, looking at the band, whatever. My mom used to nudge me and say, you know, you're supposed to be praying. It wasn't that I was disrespectful. I was a kid and I'm just not good at that. And that makes me think a lot of meditation. And I still struggle with meditation. One minute meditation, everybody's like, you just try that. Uh, Well, I can't even do that. So give us some examples of, you know, we're talking, let's build the foundation. Let's go there. Let's build this foundation so we can build this big, strong house for people. Where do we start? Okay. So self-awareness is the first place you have to start. And I always use this iceberg analogy and I always put a picture up of it. People think they know themselves, but we're only 5% conscious. We're 95% unconscious. That's the iceberg. If you look at any picture in the world, it's under the water. And people are always at the tip and I'm always going to the ocean floor. And what lives in the ocean floor is everything from childhood, right? You just mentioned childhood and all of our emotions get stuffed there and everything can, it's almost like a, a, a pipe that gets stuffed. If you don't roll a rooter, your sink is breaking. And so every memory we have, every unresolved feeling, every feeling in the world gets stuffed down. And so awareness of what's happening to us and why it's happening to us is the number one thing that will help build the foundation. And so just to spread this out a little more, um, people want to start looking at like what, what were their childhoods like? What were their roles in childhood? Because people who have the hardest time with self-care, believe it or not, are labeled the good ones in their families. You know, and I'd like you to think about who you were and everyone out there listening. <laughs> okay. So if you were the good one, think about it. We all have families, parents, siblings, If there was any problem in the house that was bigger than what you were feeling as a kid, you became that kid who said, I'm not going to add any more problems to this household. My my parents are struggling or my father is sick or they're getting a divorce or I have a sibling who's not doing well. And so from very early on, the good one starts to minimize their needs. Needs and getting your needs met is the foundation of a human house. If your needs went unmet young, you continue going through life, minimizing your needs and maximizing everyone else's. Wow. Well, that explains a lot. (laughs) Um, Now I'm, now I'm nervous. Now it's all making sense. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's all making sense. Okay. Let's keep going with this because I'm sure people are like, I'm going nuts here. I want to hear more. Good. Okay. So, so you then grow up. And your whole foundation, your whole identity has been about servicing the needs of others. And I know no one can see me. I always do this scale thing. When you're the person who puts everyone needs first and your needs are last, you go, you're, you're depleted all the time. And so what I try to teach people is 
for emotional self-care, we have to start to realize that no one is putting our needs first because our whole identity has been based on meeting other people's needs, including us. We're also not putting our needs first, right? So it's little by little starting to A, get enough self-awareness to understand that you're doing this. And then it's, it's a whole process of trying to figure out what you need. Now, here becomes the problem. It's already a problem in my eyes. <laughs> Here's the but problem. Keep going. If, if you're the person who is this, you've also not learned how to set emotional boundaries. And what that means is you're the person who never says no. Right. You're the person who makes too many commitments. You're the go-to person for everyone. You're the one who will feel guilty if you're not meeting someone's needs or worried that they'll be mad at you or worried that they won't like you. And so you've now created a storm of you will be depleted and you cannot do self-care. It won't happen unless we start to understand who you are and start to push you towards figuring out when you need to say no, when you need to sort of live through what it feels like, I always like to say, of what it means if someone's angry at you or you can't meet someone's need or someone is unhappy because it became your job to make the world happy while you suffer. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. You know, and we've all heard that term, you spread yourself too thin. Yeah. And that, I think that's generally the concept. I, you know, it's it's funny because um, so I grew up in a big family. I was the youngest of seventh. I, I don't know if I was the good or the bad guy. I was the favorite, of course. My mom course. loved me <laughs> more than anybody, of course. But uh, you know, um, I see this with patients all the time, and I and I'm I'm interested. I hope I've been saying the right thing to my patients because I say this maybe ten times a day. You have to be selfish in order to be giving. Mm-hmm. And I think as you, especially when you see uh, young, young families, you know, raising kids and taking their kids here, there, that doing all this stuff. And they come into my office and they have headaches. They have stomach problems. They're tired. They're fatigued. And they don't come in and say, Hey, Dr. Mike, I'm overextending myself. And, um, you know, I'm not taking time for myself. And I make that statement very clear. You have to be selfish self. This is where selfish is okay. Because if you are not selfish, you're not able to provide what you're trying to provide in the way you're trying to provide it. And then the whole building, as we said, right, falls apart, right? It's, It's this house of cards that falls apart, but that's a struggle for people. Like, how do you get past that guilt you know, overextending yourself, you know, 10 people call and you're like committing to all these things. And then you're like frustrated. You're not going to enjoy anything because you've committed to 10 things. You don't want to do anything, but sit at home. Like, how do you walk us through how you get through this? Yeah. Well, you know, the first thing is you have to have a desire to want to change it. And you have to have the desire to be able to withstand what you're going to feel like if you change it. You know, the people that have this syndrome, I call it the good one syndrome or the, you know, overcommitment, 
they can't tolerate how they feel by saying no. So they continue to say yes. You're actually protecting yourself emotionally by saying yes, because it won't feel good to you if you say no. So the number number one question I ask, you know, and also, you know, when you use the word be selfish, it's sad that selfish has to be the term that we use for self-care. Right. It sounds like, you know, people are like, be selfish. Oh my God, that's terrible. I'm like, no, no, no. listen to the concept, not the word, but you're yeah. right. And, and I think that's a word everybody understands. But you know what, Dr. Mike, like I, I put this as a tip for the end, but I always look at people's languaging because what we language, we're actually feeling. And it isn't selfish. It's called taking care of your own needs. Otherwise no one else will. It's, it's not selfish at all. It's, it's self-care. It's self-loving. And so Maybe I need to change my verbiage. Yes, we're gonna, from after from today's podcast, you're going to now watch the languaging. Um, right, I love that. Know, always be careful of what you say because it's information about what you really feel and believe. And and people use self-deprecating language all the time. But I digressed. Um, to go back to what you do, so a you have to have the awareness. B you have to have the desire. And then I always want people to ask the question: What's my motivation? why am I saying yes or no to whatever I'm saying yes or no to? Is it because I really want to do this or is it because I'm afraid my husband will be mad at me or am I afraid my, my friend won't like me? What's the motivation? I love it. Right. I love it. Because if the motivation isn't, I really want to do this, then it should be no. Now there's also a caveat. Obviously we all have, when people need us, if there's someone sick or there's a crisis, our needs don't matter in those moments, right? So right. I'm not saying if you don't feel like helping your mother because she fell, go help your mother because she fell. Right. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, right. And, and the other thing I like people to ask themselves is, if I say yes, how much will this deplete me? If hmm. the cost is too high, the answer is no. So this is like sort of an emotional savings account, right? An yeah. emotional checking account, right? You're going to write a check. You got X amount of like emotion dollars in your tank and someone's like, hey, you know, I need you to come help us, you know, pick some tree out or paint for our living room. You're like, oh, I mean, you got to look at the cost benefit. It's like anything else in life, right? Cost benefit to everything. But yeah. I I love that. Okay. All right. I'm with you. I'm feeling better. If you're in this category, though, you never do the cost benefit analysis. You just... Give and give and give and give and give and give. You know, and and you should, and we all should think of the examples in our lives where it might be really hard to say no to someone because they really need us, but we need us too, right? And and it would be great for people to think of very specific examples. I mean, I'm just going to throw one in. You know what? My father passed away 13 years ago and we were all devastated and sad as you are when you lose a parent. Sure, of course. And it my brother moved away and it was the Jewish holidays. And my mother um, wanted me to go to temple with her for Yom Kippur. And so I did, cause I don't really go to temple anymore. And she sat and cried the whole time. And I sat there watching her cry. And so when the following Yom Kippur came, I put my needs first, even though she's my mother and she's a widow and I love her to death. I said, mom, me going there is gonna hurt me too much you go to temple and you go do your morning on your own. And everyone was like, how could you do that to your mother? I said, because I have to mourn the way I have to mourn. It's right. hurting me too much. I can't make her happy. I have to 
make myself whole, right? So I just use that as an example because it's an extreme one where every other daughter, everyone was telling me, you're being so mean to your right. mother. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being mean. I love her, but I have to also know that where my limits are and what I need. You know, so this happened with my brother just two, a couple of months ago. He had a big 60th birthday and he invited uh, some siblings up to Napa Valley. I live in San Diego and, you know, just for a couple of days and, you know, it was very safe. We were all outside. It was, it was, he had this whole thing planned. Well, I had, first of all, I had a difficulty in getting those couple of days off, but beyond that, I had been having some, some issues medically speaking and, and it was a struggle. And I remember, you know, how they lay it on you. And I, you know, my brother handled it perfectly well. I was the one struggling with saying, I'm not going to make it right. And I kept thinking, I'm going to tell him this week. I'm going to tell him this weekend. I'm going to tell him next week. And I, I was like, finally, it was like two days before. And, and it was like, hadn't been discussed and, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't make it. And I was like, this is not a text thing. This is a pick up the phone and call thing. And I'm like, dude, I go, and I was, it was eating me up. I was like, Hey man, I, you know, I love you. It's your 60th birthday. It's huge. I, you know, I would be there under any, and he's like, dude, no worries. We're going to miss you. It, you know, we'd love to have you. I, I invited you just because I didn't want to feel guilty if you couldn't go. I, I understand. I was so relieved, yes. but I must have aged 10 years and three weeks because it was like devastating. I would never have known that you were my perfect candidate for this topic because yeah. you did it. Oh, my therapist backwards. will tell you. <laughs> my therapist that I see every week knows that I'm a perfect candidate for a lot of topics. <laughs> but seriously, it just beat me up. And then he was like, dude, it's all good. But Okay. I mean, walk me through again. It's about me. Walk us through because I'm hoping that the listeners relate to me or relate to the story and say, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Like, how do you walk through that and not have it torture you so much? You know, how do you go? And you just gave your description. So yeah, help us. This, this is the live with what it feels like and onto what I deem as so important in, in experiencing your emotions. The reason why you didn't want to say no is because you felt that people would be mad at you or you were letting people down. And then that's right. painful. And so we need to be able to sort of weather. It's almost like act as if, right? You have to push yourself to do the behavior and then live with whatever emotions come up and have the awareness of what's happening. So now, like after this topic, right, if you were to do it again, you'd be like, okay, Dr. Debbie said, I'm the good one. My needs were depleted. I always put other people's needs before mine. I worry about what other people will think or they'll be mad at me or I'm letting them down. I'm going to make that call immediately. I'm not going to torture myself and wait for two weeks and kick the can down the road. I'm going to say what I need to say and uh, then I'm going to feel what I need to feel. And then it's over because then you felt the relief. I mean, it was so, I'm like, I just tortured myself for a month. Like yeah. it was like coming sooner and sooner. You know, it was like when you're in college, you're anticipating this midterm that's coming. And before you know it, it's tomorrow. And you're like, oh my God. Yes. But, you know, I want to go back to something you said a minute ago, because I love it. And I think the biggest, what I feel is the biggest strength in terms of lifestyle change or, or ch shift in mentality or, or, or thought process is what you said, which is motivation. And I use that tool. I use a tool with my patients. I call it M&M, &M, mindfulness and motivation. Mm -hmm. Make a decision about what it is you're going to eat. Spend five seconds, look at it, touch it, feel it, 
recognize why is this going to be a good idea or a bad idea? And what is your motivation for getting healthy? And it works with like exercise, right? You come home, long day. I don't want to exercise. Okay. Take five seconds and say to yourself, all right, I'm going to either exercise or I'm not. Why do I want to exercise? I want to feel healthy. I want to be around for my kids. I want to be around. Once you start to find your motivation, it makes the doing the thing. Now, you're not always going to get it right. Sometimes you're going to say, like, here's my motivation. I want to do this, but I'm too tired. I'm not doing it. But when you can start to win those battles, right, when you start to maybe win one or two, it starts to become easier. So I love that you say your motivation. I love your idea of what is this going to cost me emotionally to do this? Yes. And when when I use motivation, again, I'm going sort of under the iceberg. I'm trying to get to the underlying levels, right? So uh, at the tip of the iceberg, what's my motivation is I really don't want to do this. And I know I don't want to do this, but I'm about to say yes. And when you go to the deeper levels of what's my motivation, it's because I feel that I'm letting someone down. It's the deeper meaning behind it. And once you have that awareness, it'll, it propels you to be able to act. Without the awareness, we're just beholden to what we don't even know. It's that unconscious stuff that was put in us long ago. The 95%. The 95%. I love it. The 5% exactly. is what's up top. The 95% is what's causing all the problems. Yes. <laughs> I mean, okay, so let me ask you this. And is it okay to do nothing? Because, okay. yeah. you, you know, I know that's okay. That's a broad statement. You know, we can talk for hours on this, but I, I'm going somewhere with this. So is it okay to just do nothing? So it's one of the number one tips that I give when people are talking about self-care is allowing yourself and giving you self-permission to have unproductive time. You know, the problem with Love a lot it. of people right now, especially, you know, the other personality type that fits into this is the perfectionist that wants to get everything done and has unrealistic expectations and needs everything perfect and wants to be producing something or doing something all the time. Doing nothing replenishes you more than anything else. It, it doesn't just have to be sitting and meditating. It's listening to music. It could be binge watching Netflix. Anything that just clears your mind and clears you out and you're relaxed and not working is, is rejuvenating. Too many people don't do it because they feel guilty. They shouldn't be wasting time. It's a waste of time. I should be doing something. I have so much to do. And then they can't get themselves to do nothing. I mean, you would just it's hard. very hard for it, you. Uh, no, it's really hard. Now, I, so I'm, I'm a Virgo. Classically, we are a mess. Uh, I am OCD. I saw it in my chart of my uh, therapist who I've seen for 20 years, bless her heart. Um, mm -hmm. And being OCD and, and doing nothing are two very challenging things. I, I mean, I will drive myself nuts sitting down mm -hmm. and doing nothing. There's a guilt. There's a, I should be doing this. There's my eyes wander through the room and see a speck of dust on the floor that oh, I could clean that up or vacuum that up. My cats are very good at doing nothing. My cats are excellent at doing nothing. They sit there and do nothing all day. I, they lift their head. They look at me and they're like, what is he doing now? And I'm a, I'm a lunatic. I'm running around the house. I'm doing all this stuff. So can you give us maybe a couple of tips Give me a couple of tips on how how can we help people do nothing? It sounds like a silly, it sounds like a Seinfeld episode is what we're talking about. But honestly, now, how can we help? For someone like you, in all honesty, you need to schedule in doing nothing time. 
because you're an OCD guy, mm-hmm. you're a schedule guy. You know, for someone like me, I do nothing better than anyone on the planet. I'm really high functioning. I do a lot and then I do nothing. I can sit like nobody's business. You can't. No. For you, if you schedule an hour of nothing, you'll do it every day, right? Right. Or, or, or half an hour. So for someone, for anyone like Dr. Mike, you have to spend <laughs> time to do nothing and then make yourself do nothing and sit and see what that feels like for you. Um, you know, and it's not going to, you're not going to get it right the first time, right? You're going to struggle. Yeah. Well, that always, <laughs> that's going to go back to live with what it feels like. Listen, I, I think anyone knows that change is really hard. Change is cumulative. Change is slow. People don't change because they get too uncomfortable. So they stay stuck in old patterns because it just feels comfortable. Right. I always say it's like a rat on the wheel. People stay stuck in their patterns and they're in pain, but it's familiar pain. And if they make a change, they're in pain. But at least there's room here for something new. So if you don't change your habit, you can't change and you can't change unless you feel discomfort. So I would definitely schedule time to do nothing. And, you know, you can also, if you want, throw in some music because that is part of how I help people feel. I I think if you or any of your listeners know, there's a song you can think of that you know you'll get sad. There's a song you can think of that you know will make you happy or nostalgic. I use music therapy all the time when people don't release their emotions a lot. I'm like, put on music, sit there with the music playing, pay attention to what you're feeling and maybe let it come out. Uh, You you know, what you're describing is what I've, this is so eerie and I'm going to, I'm going to share this with you because it's burning me up inside. What about, let's touch one quickly on self-compassion. Yeah. What's, uh, um, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that. Like, what is that self-compassion? And, and then- you probably suffer from this too. I think people are not good to themselves. They have expectations of themselves that, that just can't be met. Right. If they don't allow for their own human fallibility, everyone else around them um, can make mistakes, but not you. And, you know, a little self-compassion goes a long way. Give yourself a break. You can't do everything in one day. You can't get everything off your to-do list. You can't always feel happy. You can't always um, get everything done in the day you want to accomplish. You can't always make your spouse happy or make your child happy. Like you're a human being and, and it's really that umbrella. And just give yourself a break and allow yourself all the emotions and all the feelings and times where you just don't feel like doing anything and let that be okay. The way you would give that to your child. Well, so I, I, I will express with you. So first of all, I'm going to begin this with, with a term and it's an Italian phrase. You probably heard this. Il dolce far niente, right? Il dolce far niente. Il dolce far niente means give yourself a break or give yourself the, uh, the joy of doing nothing, right? The sweetness of doing nothing. Well, dolce and far niente are actually wines. My piece of sort, and this is crazy that you said this, but my go-to at night when I've had an exhausting day is to pour a glass of wine, to sit on the patio, to turn on a Pink Floyd song, any of a number, and just do nothing. What I found that does, and this happened last night, is it makes me smile, sometimes think about a time. And what it led to was me calling my best friend of 39, no, what am I saying? 45 years and saying, hey, buddy, remember that time when we did this? So I will say in the last nine or 10 months, last year, 2020, I really lost that, that 
dolce far niente. I lost that ability to that sweetness of doing nothing. And for me, it really was a glass of wine and a Pink Floyd song, generally because they're longer songs. But it took me away. It took me to a place. Sometimes it took me nowhere. But when it does, and like you said this a few minutes ago, it may make you sad and it may make you happy. It may, whatever it is, it, it's a it's a genuinely great feeling to get to that point. Yes. Yes. You described it so beautifully. People don't realize the joy in feeling whatever that is, you know, and you know, my clients call me the Michael Jordan of feelings because I literally cry every single day because there's something sad every single day. We are feeling 24 seven. We just don't know it. And right. it could be sad for something in me or something in my client, or it could be, you know, crying because something touching happened, but you should be looking for an, an emotional experience every day in your life. And, and just a, a release of that, because that's what makes us human. And that's what allows us to self-care. You, you know, the, the whole idea of, of uh, self-compassion and, and, you know, I tell my patients all the time, they come in and they, they, you know, again, they may come in with headaches, dizzy, dizziness, whatever, right. The, the, but the underlying thing, once you whittle it down, it's their lives are in chaos. And I tell them, and I really, I sort of push the computer aside and I just kind of hunch down and put my hands on my knees and I look at them and I say, you know, life is hard yeah. and it really is. It is hard. I, I mean, being an adult sucks sometimes. Being a kid sucks. And I remember when I was like five, right? When you just got up after a 10 hour sleep straight, you played, you had fun, you took a nap, you had lunch. You jo- but life has, begot- has gotten so hard and so challenging. And I tell them, it's okay that you feel this way. I'm more concerned if you think everything is okay and you got all this stuff going on. So I think self-compassion is, is the take home here. Really? I, I, I mean, it's, it's fascinating to me. Yeah. The whole thing. It's self-compassion and letting yourself, you know, be okay with wherever you're at. We're too hard on ourselves, right? I think we're just too hard on ourselves. hundred percent. You know, yeah. The expectations we have of ourselves um, is half the battle. Well, listen, I could go on forever uh, and my therapist will thank you because I won't be (laughs) dumping on her as much as I normally do this week. (laughs) Um, Give me a a tidbit. I'm in your office. I'm talking to you. And as I'm about to walk out the door, what are you going to tell me? (laughs) <laughs> You're oh, like, God. you need more so, than I mean, one I mean, What am I going to tell you? You <laughs> know, know what? I'm going to tell you. Where do we start? How about that? Wait, let's, for the listeners, for the listeners that are like, okay. For this week, after all that we've said, go out and try to receive instead of just give. Try to receive instead of just give. Because when we're only giving, 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 right? Because we're under the topic of self-care. We're actually doing a disservice to people who are maybe trying to give to us as well, but we're not receiving it. So take in other people's love and other people helping you with what you might need and see how that feels for you. Because really ultimately what we're trying to break is this depletion that we feel because we're not taking care of ourselves and we're servicing the rest of the world too much. I love that. I, I, I absolutely love that. You know, I think this past year has been 
uh, one year, let me tell you. And I think a lot of people need to go back and, and, you know, look at their 95%, right. What's, what's underneath that, that ocean, that iceberg. Um, and, and, you know, it's not what's on the surface, it's what's underneath. And I think it's, it's really, really, this is important stuff for mental health, for physical health, for happiness, you know, gosh, why we should all be happy, right? You, You talked about this so much in the session. I'm just highlighting it. Like the mind and body is so connected and, you know, I deal with the emotional, you deal with the physical, but they're, they're combined. Totally. You, you can't have good physical health without mental health and you can't have good mental health without physical health. And so much of what creates the headaches and the backaches and all the all the issues you're seeing is the lack of dealing with the 95 percent is the lack of dealing with the emotional world. And if you deal with both at the same time, you're golden. It's just so right. hard to do. It really, really is, you know, and. I will, I, I would love to actually leave you with this. You know, COVID has been super hard on everyone. We're all now back at the beginning again, right? It's like the stage is brief. You, you, you're back at the right. beginning. Um, nothing's linear. And we're, we're all, I mean, you're in California. I'm in New York. We're up for a hard winter here. If you could take the next round of months before we maybe see the light at the end of the tunnel with this COVID thing and really think about who you are and what's underneath and be kind to yourself and let yourself feel and take on rituals of self-care and self-compassion, this will be a really fruitful time for you instead of just, I'm missing everything else in my life. And, and it could be a source of growth instead of just pain. Right. It's, uh, yeah, this is great stuff. I think we all need this right now. And I hope people are, uh, listening and reflecting and thinking about their own lives because, uh, this is uh, priceless, priceless stuff. So Dr. Debbie, thank yes. you personally. Thank you. Thank and I know everybody else thanks you. Where, where can we find you? <laughs> where can I find you, please? <laughs> <laughs> um, you can go to my website, Deb, drdebbie.com, D-R-D-E-B-B-I-E.com. You can go to Instagram. Um, I think it's at Dr. Debbie Maggots. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's where I am. Thank you. Honestly. It was so nice to meet you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Weekly RX. Well, that's it, everybody. Man, we got a lot in. Let's get to the tips, the weekly RX. I I have about a hundred of them. Um, I'm going to steal one or two from Dr. Debbie. Self-awareness builds a foundation. And that is huge. That's an important thing to realize. Think about that iceberg. Think about what's on top of the water and what's underneath. What is driving these behaviors? You know, and I think you got to start somewhere. Like like Dr. Debbie said, you know, give yourself a break. You know, start somewhere. You, you know, you're, the world will go on, but you need to be at your best mentally and physically so that you can be there for others. It's okay. And then lastly, uh, what's your motivation for deciding to do or not do something? When that person asks you, hey, I need you to do this. I need, what is your your motivation? Think about that emotional sort of uh, checking account. And, and, you know, it's going to cost you. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? And, and is it that big of a deal? 
Life is hard, guys, but uh, we will get through it with people like Dr. Debbie and uh, the rest of us just chipping in and helping each other out because uh, life can be a challenge. But if we help each other out, I think uh, I think we're going to be just fine. So that's it for today. Don't forget to subscribe for free. Download and listen to Wellness Inc. with me, Dr. Mike Marino on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Follow me on social media at 17 Day Diet. Thanks so much. Have a great day. The Wellness Inc. with Dr. Mike Moreno podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as a replacement or substitution for any professional medical, financial, legal, or other advice, diagnosis, or treatment. This podcast does not constitute the practice of medicine or any other professional service. The use of any information provided during this podcast is at the listener's own risk. For medical or other advice appropriate to your specific situation, please consult a physician or other trained professional. Thank you.